truth, said the traveler, is a rock, a mighty fortress. Often have I been to it, even to its highest tower, from whence the world looks black. Truth, said the traveler, is a breath, a wind, a shadow, a phantom. Long have I pursued it, but never have I touched the hem of its garment. And I believed the second traveler, for truth was to me a breath, a wind, a shadow, a phantom, and never had I touched the hem of its garment. Bienvenue. Bienvenido. Caribou. El Helen Bica. Juaning. Also, we'll say you Welcome to Graced with Questions, where we commune at the table of nations. No questions barred. We are Josh and Grace, your beloved hosts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Graced with Questions. We are so excited to be back with you guys. As always, uh, my co-host, we are co-hosts together. Um, Josh, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Grace. How's it going? Hey, I'm good. I, You know, you guys, it's Friday. We are actually recording on a Friday, Josh. I, I can't believe we are doing this, but we are. Um, but we are so excited to be with you guys. And today we are beginning a new series. As you guys know, we are doing a new series. We finished our, um, my truth series. Um, and we are doing, um, the existence of God, the evidence for that, the existence of God. And that's going to be a series. And today we are starting this off and it's our, um, honor and pleasure to have, um, Dr. Yoda with us. Um, he is a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, and he he has there's a lot about Dr. Yoda that I'm going to read here in a second. But Dr. Yoda, are you there? I am. Good afternoon to both of you, and thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Yeah, it's an honor to have you. Are you excited? I know. I feel like Dr. Yoda, you've been on quite a few podcasts. I feel like so I've done a few, to... but I haven't done yours, and so this is a, this is exciting. So. Yes, I am. I am looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much. So I'm going to read a little bit about Dr. Yoda and um, we will delve into it. So Dr. Timothy Yoda has been um, teaching at various schools, Dallas Theological Seminary, Crane, um, Kane University, Marquette University for over 25 years. He has taught a wide variety of courses, primarily philosophy and theology, ethics and apologetics. And for those of you guys who don't know what apologetics means, Dr. Yoda is going to actually have to explain what that means for all of us. Okay. The challenge of teaching feeds his love for learning and reading, as well as his desire to integrate topics and disciplines together in a cohesive Christian worldview. In addition to teaching, Dr. Yoda has served overseas in various capacities. In the 90s, he served as a missionary in... Okay, am I... Am I, am I, am I is it, Volodya, am I saying that right? Not like quite. Volodya. Volodya, Russia, northern Volodya. Russia, Volodya. a couple hundred miles north of Moscow, in the very, very cold part of the world, really. 
Dear God, oh. yeah, I don't do cold. I don't do cold. I'm sure that's why I didn't know the name. Um, and he has also ministered and taught in India, France, Ukraine, and Italy. Him, um, him um, and his wife, Lisa. Hey, Lisa, if you're listening mm -hmm. to us, enjoy travel and missions, reading, and NFL football. They have mm -hmm. led numerous student um, trips to Macedonia um, together. And so we are uh, welcome, Dr. Yoda, we are so excited to have you on here. I feel like this is like, you know, it's going to bless all of us, but it's going to bless even Josh and I as we listen to you today. But we just also want to make clear for everybody, though we are going through this existence um, uh, of, of God and the evidence for that existence, we also want to be clear in making sure that as always with grace, with questions, we want to express the other side as well. So Dr. Yoda will go through some of the objections potentially that uh -huh. exist. And, uh -huh. and it's always up to you guys, as always, to take what is being said and, and to read more and to look more. Uh, but we pray that this blesses you because we are not here to guide you in one way or the other, but we're just going to present the evidence and you um, can make those uh, tough decisions for your own life. Uh, but believe me, we've made it. And so um, it's well worth it to do the necessary work to get there um, as well. So Dr. Yoda, again, welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you to both of you. It's really a pleasure to be here. So what were you doing? What were you doing in such a cold place, I must say, in, in, in <laughs> Russia? <laughs> well, OK, so I'm uh, I'm uh, I grew up in the Cold War era. So and uh, I grew up reading stories about uh, the Soviet Union and uh, Christians behind the Iron Curtain, and it fascinated me. And I was actually in seminary myself when the Soviet Union dissolved and uh, uh, the Iron Curtain came down in the, in the late 90s. And all of a sudden, um, there was an opportunity to go to Russia and to talk about Christian morals and ethics. The people were saying things like, well, we were communist for 70 years, but we were Christian for a thousand years, which is true. Christianity wow. began in Russia um, in uh, in the in the just before the year 1000, and um, huh. and so here I never ever thought that I could go to to Russia, that go to Moscow or St. Petersburg or Kiev or any of those places, and the the opportunity opened up to go, and I thought this is this is a chance of a lifetime. So I went, and I went to um, the to Volgograd, Russia, lived there for three years, and had a great time. Um, telling people about uh, the Bible, about God, about church, about faith, and answering questions and leading Bible studies and doing all kinds of interesting things. And it was, it was um, beyond words. It was all, it was awesome. That is so cool. Um, that is so exciting. Um, so Josh, we had some questions, right? Um, some casual questions that we wanted to ask Dr. Yoda before we got into some of the serious stuff. Yeah. Let's do it. So our question that we wanted to ask uh, Dr. Yoda. So if you had to pick between coffee and tea, mm. what would you do? This is not a casual question. This is this is <laughs> an essential question. This is the oh. heart of the matter kind of thing. So so there are there are tea countries and there are coffee countries. Russia is definitely a tea country. Um, and oh. so I did drink tea while I was there. But I am a coffee, mm. coffee guy. Um, all of my students know that I, I almost never teach a class without a cup of coffee um, there with me on the desk. Um, and I've got one right now. And uh, so coffee all the way. 
I love it. Josh, you want to hit the next one? Wow. You're drinking coffee at 6 p.m. That's a bold move. Um, next one for you. Uh, junk food or clean food? Oh, I, unfortunately, I'm probably a uh, more of a junk food guy. I love I love co- uh, chocolate and uh, chips, pretzels. Mm. So, um, but uh, yeah, we don't blame you. I think we all yeah, secretively good stuff. probably love a lot of those things as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so can, can I the ask the next question. one? Can yeah, I, the I know one? you I wanted like, to. Please I like this do. One. Okay, if if you reached into a bag of jelly beans, what flavor do you hope that you don't pull out? Mm. You know, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the black ones. The uh, that that licorice-y thing is not really. Um, I actually, um, I like I like the fruity ones, and um, and I like the vanilla ones too. So, oh right. wow, licorice, yeah, licorice, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's just yeah. not. Doesn't doesn't. Uh, but I, I'm I'm. Uh, if I have a bag of jelly beans next to me, it's it's a good day. <laughs> well, we know who has a sweet tooth here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this one, I actually, I mean, Josh came up with this one, but I love this one. Uh, uh, what book have you has affected um, your life the most in the past twenty years? Oh wow, that's a great question. I I uh, I love to read, and um, it's part of what I. What, because I teach a wide variety of things, um, and and I grew up loving to read. I was reading Hardy Boy books when I was a little boy, and and uh, all kinds of things. But boy, in the past twenty years, okay. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you two. I'll give you a, okay. a Christian one mm-hmm. and a non-Christian one. Okay, let's hear it. Great. Christian probably would be uh, Tim Keller's Reason for God. I think it's the best book of apologetics since C.S. Lewis' Mere Christianity. And I think it's wonderful. Um, and, and I could also mention other of Keller's books. Um, uh, <clears throat> his most, uh, one of his recent ones, which is, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the title. I've just been reading it, actually. Uh, the Skept- Skeptic, Skeptic's Case for God. No, that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Making yeah. Sense of God. There we go. Making Sense of God. That's really good as well. Yeah. And, and his book on, on the problem of evil. But uh, The Reason for God. This, it's it's great. Um, I think it's one. it's awesome. And then non-Christian, my favorite philosopher is uh, Roger Scruton, Sir Roger Scruton, who passed away just a couple of years ago, and and he's he's sort he's almost a Christian. I don't think he ever really was, but but he definitely moved closer to being a Christian in the last years of his life. And he wrote a book called The Face of God, which I think is one of the Ooh. best books of the twentieth century or 21st century, mm-hmm. and. Um, a great book. I make my philosophy students read it at DTS, and um, and uh, so interesting on all kinds of things. He he goes from architecture to um, evolution to Islam to a philosophy of kissing to beauty, um, uh, and it's just it's amazing. It's an amazing book. Um, it's not an easy book, but uh, but it's well worth the effort. Uh, Roger Scruton, The Face of God. It's a great book. Well, I feel like Josh, we might have to take up that reading. If we, none of us, I haven't read that book, so I think. It's, yeah, I, well, you should. I have not either. Oh my God! I, so, Doctor Yoda, next time we have a conversation, I think we, I, I might have to reply with, "I have the book." I, I will okay. say that. I don't know about reading it quite yet, but because of the reading that you guys give us in in seminary, but it's it's a lot. I know. <laughs> Yes. Um, so this is probably maybe the last one. Then we'll come back 
um, to some of these questions later, but um, you are sitting at a window looking out. What is the ideal view you would want to have? All right, that's a, that's a great question, and that's that's an that's an easy one. It would be to see to see the ocean um, and a sandy beach. And uh, I uh, I'm I'm from the Philadelphia area, which means that we did vacations in New Jersey, um, and uh, that's still um, uh, a, a favorite favorite place. Even though I live half a continent away now in Dallas, Texas, but uh, I love <laughs> I love the beach. I love the ocean. I love the sights, the smells, and mm. um, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'll be in heaven. What? <laughs> What's well, interesting because Josh really ran with some of these questions, the, the casual, you know, when we were talking about it, and uh, he thought it wasn't, you know, but I thought these questions are good, Josh. I mean, look, I mean, clearly, um, it's making me even think about some of the things I want to do, probably after this. <laughs> Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and so, Dr. Yoda, we, you know, this is the top, the work that you are in as a professor. It's a tough work, um, especially in apologetics, which we want to know what that really means. Yes. Um, but, you know, you, you got your doctorate in philosophy um, mm -hmm. and you've been teaching for over 25 years. Why did you get into this work in the first place? All right. Well, that's a great question. So let's two questions. Actually, let's start with apologetics. Um, it, it it doesn't mean to apologize. It doesn't mean I'm sorry that I'm a Christian, but I have to tell you these things. No, 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 no. Apologetics comes from an, an old Greek word, apologia, and it means a defense. One of the most famous is the defense of Socrates uh, when he was on trial in um, about 400 BC. And he was accused of uh, corrupting the youth and disbelieving the gods, and he was placed on trial, and Plato wrote down his defense, and it's called the Apology of Socrates. So it's apologetics is to defend, your, to defend the faith, to, or defend anything that you believe in. You could be a, a, uh, an apologist for evolution. You could be an apologist for Marxism. You could be an apologist for the Democratic Party. You can be an you know, apologist for lots of things, but Christian apologetics is to defend the, the Christian faith, why you believe it. Which is fascinating. And so sometimes I know I've heard this, Dr. Yoda, when somebody hears the word defend, they all automatically kind of get a little bit, um, you know, kind of like, what do you mean by defend? You're like, mm -hmm. how would you categorize the word defend, right? Like okay. In your own term. It's good. It's good. Because because um, we, we, live in a, we live in a world in which people don't like to be to be persuaded or like to be argued against right i believe what i believe and don't try to talk me into something else but but um but i think that uh in the spirit of philosophy of of following the truth wherever it goes of of, of really trying to to make sense of the world and understand it we need to interact with people and even interact with people in a passionate way in which we believe mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Which we debate or discuss or reflect or think um, on uh, on important issues. Philosophers love to argue, not necessarily because they are cranky or you know or or you know socially awkward. Although, frankly, many of them are, but because they want to get to the truth and and so the the spirited discussion of what is and what is not, or what is true and what is false is a part of the process. And so, so that's what I mean by to defend, to, to, here's what I think. I think that 
Jesus died and rose again, and here are the reasons why I hold that, or whatever whatever it is that I hold. And that's the spirit of defense. It's it's making a case for something. It's refuting those that that you know the the arguments that that are that are weaker or poorer in the mm. in the spirit of trying to discover what is the truth. And, um, mm. and that's what this is. And I think so. I I think it's true for philosophy, but it's also true in every other discipline. I mean, that's what we do. We we discuss, we reflect passionately. It doesn't always have to be angry or you know with animosity, but it can be this passionate love for what is truly the case. Whoa, yeah. whoa. Josh, I'm like, I'm like, show close. What else do we need to talk about? Um... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if like, you know, when we when we use the word defend, we immediately think of the word attack. And maybe that's uh -huh. why we, yeah. we get into like, oh, man, this is like a it's like a place where people fight each other and, and yeah. it's nasty and all that. But yeah, it's I, I think the way you put it was great about like it's it's about a search for truth together through through this uh -huh. discussion. And I like to tell my my students that, um, and this is very biblical. You know, the, the the verse in the in the New Testament that best describes apologetics is in First Peter chapter three, where Peter says to be always ready to give a defense for the reason for the hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Mm -hmm. And I love that that little yeah. little kind of P.S. at the end. Do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the arguments are, you know tooth and nail and you know and and uh you know with all the weapons and you know um and and it, and you don't leave you know as friends but as one defeated you know vanquished mm. individual and the winner but i like to think of apologetics as this this um passionate discovery of the truth in which both people end the conversation as friends and ready to do this again at some point in time mm. because because yeah. there's there's yeah. love and respect and and not a try, not an attempt to 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 bash somebody over the head with your with your doctrine or your philosophy or your ideas, but, but more a a, um, a a spirited but respectful conversation. I don't think I've heard it quite like that. I think that is I think that is quite uh, beautiful the way you said it because you know as you were speaking I could almost imagine like a a dance uh, between mm. two people. Uh, dancing away, you know, particularly if if you like salsa or, you know, there is different parts where the opponents get to, uh, what the dance partners get to showcase their skill sets, but they're still dancing together. Mm -hmm. uh, and and they argue, they're kind of showing their different skill sets. And, and I, I think oftentimes Josh and I did a series on, on truth. And I think that's what we try to communicate is that you can still be passionate about what you believe without the demonization of another person. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't I, I think you can argue very, uh, very strongly about about ideas, but we should always treat people with with respect. All people are made in God's image. And and, uh, you know, if somebody is 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 right or wrong or something like that, there's still people to be treated with respect. The ideas we can we can debate in a strong way, um, but but individuals should be respected and loved. Oh, so good. That should be a quote right there. Um, and Josh, you want to, should we launch into this discussion questions? The first one that we have well, here. Wait, I, I, I think we forgot to also come back to the second question, which is, oh, Dr. Yarde, how did you, how did you get into this line of work? Good. You're right. We got, we got sidetracked and I forgot oh, did that. It? Yes. 
so good. Okay, so so um so I grew up um in a in a Christian family, and you know, as a I uh, went to Sunday school. I was kind of a Bible nerd, and I, you know, I knew the answers to all the questions in, in mm. Sunday school and things. And then um, I grew up, and I wanted, I, I knew I wanted to be involved in some kind of of ministry, but I didn't really know what it was. And I did a bunch of different things. I I taught at a Christian school in New Jersey for a while, and I was a youth pastor in uh, Chicago for a while. And then I, like I told you, I was a missionary for a while, but in, in all of those things, what seemed to me, uh, the, where, where I was really headed was to, uh, to be a professor. And part of the reason was that, um, I had, a, I had a, a season of doubts about, about this, these things that I had been raised in. And, uh, ironically, it was when I was in seminary and working as a church at a church and I, hmm. and I had a class in in world religions and um and i always knew that obviously not everybody's a christian but but studying these religious hinduism and buddhism and islam and so on and it the impact of the fact that there were millions and millions of people that believe something different than i do um it really it really hit me like it never had before and i began to think well why am i a christian am i just a christian because because I was raised this way? Um, am I just a Christian because I'm, I'm an American? You know, what if I was Chinese or what if I was uh, Saudi Arabian or what if I was, you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the irony is I was in seminary working as a pastor and I had these grave doubts about the Bible and about God. And I remember doing some Bible studies and thinking, boy, I really hope that this is true. And that was really wow. weird to, to do a Bible study and not be even sure that, you know, what I was saying was true. But I, um, and it lasted for several months. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, though, what helped me with my doubts was some of the arguments for the existence of God. As I thought through it, I thought, you know what, I know that there are some that don't believe in God and some that do. But on the whole, it seems to me that the strongest arguments are those that believe that there is a God. And so, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then I think that the Bible is the, is, has the best attestation as being the, the word of God of any other of the sacred texts. And, and Jesus lived a life like nobody else. And gradually through this kind of apologetic sort of wrestling, I came to a place in which I was, you know what, I'm not just a Christian because my parents were, or because mm-hmm. I was born, you know, mm-hmm. in this particular ge- geographical place, maybe that maybe that was part of it. But I'm a Christian now because I really believe it. It's what I think, having been educated and read widely and thought this is what I truly think. And so, and so for me, apologetics is something that is um, is very significant. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's something that helped me to make sense of some of the most important questions in my life. So, Dr. Yoda, you shared with us a little bit about um, kind of, you know, uh, why you got into this work and so forth and so on, which led us into the question um, about doubt. And so, I, you know, we are curious, what were some of the fundamental elements of the faith that you struggled with when it came yeah. to, you know, questioning and so forth and so on? Yeah, well, it's 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 a good question because it, it was really um some of the most important elements i was i was 
wondering if the whole idea of God was was really um, the truth or just just a made up idea, whether whether somebody is trying to uh, convince me of something that wasn't the case. And and the Bible, did, is the Bible really true history? Did it really happen as it says or did somebody just kind of, you know, make it up, you know, <laughs> run off to a cabin in the woods and write it all down over, you know, a couple of months and say, Hey, here's this book. Look at it. It's amazing. It's really old. And it was just all one big forgery. Um, did, did, was Jesus really the son of God? These are the things that I, that I wondered about. And it's really some of the most important, you know, apologetic issues. Um, and so, so for me to be able to, okay, take the time and to think through and begin with, with the question of God, Right. If there is a God, he's the prime reality. And so that's where I that's where I began. And I was eventually convinced that, yes, there is a God. And that I was convinced that that Jesus is the, the God man. And then and then that the Bible is um, is the true word of God. And and when I when I had those things in order, then then the rest of the Christian message, um, you know, made sense. And but I was I was deepened and strengthened in my faith. I, you know, that period of doubt was unpleasant. But mm. but it was so important because it helped it helped me to to really make the the faith that I grew up in to make it my own. And it oh. wasn't my dad's. It wasn't my pastor's. It wasn't you know a teacher or something like that. It was it was it was it was my faith. The Holy Spirit helped to to convince me that it was true, and um and that's what I that's what I try to teach. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I'm thinking about this and I feel like you're touching on so many things that we've touched on in the past um, in a sense of like, you know, like even the name of this podcast, Graced with Questions, mm. and that that there is grace for our questions, no matter how difficult or um, micro or macro they may be. And I love the fact that, you know, you talked about that it is my own. It is one that I can say the why that I believe what I believe. And I think that is so important because many of us, you know, grow up believing things because we've been told or, um, you know, it's just what it is. And we are scared to ask those questions because of shame or doubt yeah. or condemnation um, that we may face for questioning um, our faith. By the way, I, I love the name of your podcast. Um, I think this, the graced with questions, I, I think that this is this is just a little a little um, not digression because it builds off of what you're just saying. But we need to ask questions, and we need to to encourage people in the church and skeptics to ask questions. I hear stories of people that say, "Well, I was the kid that always had a bunch of questions, and the the pastor or the youth leader or my teacher told me to stop asking so many questions. We just believe," and that is such a, a damaging uh, notion. We. We should mm -hmm. encourage questions. The people in the Bible asked questions. Habakkuk asked questions. Mm -hmm. um, David asked questions. Paul asked questions. Even Jesus himself asked, my God, my mm -hmm. God, why have you forsaken me? The hard questions are, are necessary, and we should welcome them and then do all we can to provide meaningful, thoughtful, true answers. And so I love, your, I love the name of the podcast. You, we, are, we are indeed graced with questions, big questions about important issues, and there there couldn't be anything more important to do. Ah, uh, okay. Well, just promote the podcast for us. I'm trying. So you know, you talk a lot of a, a little bit about how you coped um, with it. 
you know, and Dr. Yada, you know this, in some cultures, if you do um, divert from what you believe in, there is a great amount of fear potentially for your life. Mm-hmm. There is a great amount of fear of shame and condemnation mm-hmm. that comes with it. And for you, I know you grew up in the faith. So when you were doubting, especially in seminary school, which many people actually end up doubting there, ironically, um, but also a pastor, how did you cope? How did you wrestle with that doubt? I, I'm just curious, uh, you know, yeah. how you did that in, in your community. Well, that's, that's, um, that's a, that's a very good question because, um, I was, I was not, uh, I was far from home. Uh, my parents were a ways away and it, and it was a, uh, you know, something that was internal. It was a private struggle that, that I was having. And so I decided, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was the best thing to do or not, but I decided that I would continue to, to teach and do my work as a youth pastor, um, as if I was believing because, because I had a sense that I thought that I would probably um, get through this period of doubt, but but you know, but integrity made me recognize that it's possible that I wouldn't. But I knew that 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 they wanted me to teach and to do these things in this way, and so that's what I did. And um, and I don't know that I talked to too many people about it. I think I just wrestled with it on my own. Mm. Um, but it it would it was it took place over a period of probably two or three months. So it wasn't you know like years but it wasn't just like a weekend either and uh and and i you know wrestled with these things and so i i don't know that anybody would have known you know that i was i was just there was it was an internal wrestling that i did with these ideas and um but gradually bit by bit i became convinced and reconvinced and more strongly convinced of the faith that i had and so now if i hadn't if i if that hadn't happened if i hadn't you know, um, if if it turned out that I that I came to different convictions, I think I would have had to you know resign my job and and leave the school and things like that because that would have been um, that would have been a lie to keep saying those things when I didn't believe them. So, Dr. Yoder, um, you had talked a little bit about um, how, why did you get into this line of work and you had gone through a, a season of doubting. So what was it uh, during that time that kind of helped to lift you out of that? Yeah, so the the, the doubting actually was um, was very important. I I felt these, uh, these doubts about whether I... Um, <clears throat> About whether there really was a God, whether the whole the whole of Christianity was was a fake. Um, I just you know, so many people are believers in other religions, and and here I am, being a believer in the religion that I grew up in, and and how do I know that that's even true? Maybe it's just what you know what what people have been told, and and uh, maybe it's just all a fake. Maybe it's just all a charade, and um, and so in that in that period of doubts, I. Um, I just, I, I was, didn't change my life radically because I, I, I wasn't really sure, you know, where I was going to land, mm-hmm. but I began to think, uh, deeply about, uh, the questions at hand. And, uh, I began with the question of God, because I think the question of God is the most primary one. And, and the more I thought about it, 
uh, and uh, the, the philosophy uh, that I knew, um, I realized that the, that the, philosoph the philosophical arguments um, were much stronger in favor of a God than not. Hmm. And so after a period of time of wrestling with that, I came to the point of saying, you know what, I do think that there is a God. And I think that, that, uh, that there's, that there, um, while there are arguments for, for atheists, um, they're not as strong as the arguments for theism. And then the same thing with, um, with the Bible and with Jesus. And I began, you know, I thought that the arguments that the Bible is the true word of God are stronger than against. And the arguments that Jesus is the one of a kind God, man, the incarnate son of God are stronger than those against. And so I gradually kind of rebuilt the foundation of my faith. So it was like for a while I, I went through all the motions of being a Christian. That was the house, but there was no foundation under it. And then I had to kind of reconstruct the foundation under under the house and um and that it took it took a while it took it took several months um three or four months i think to kind of work through all of that but it was it was really a blessing in some ways because because when when i was finished then then the faith that i had it was it was really mine it wasn't just because my parents believed it or because my pastor believed it or but it was it was really it was really mine and that of course ties into our conversation because yeah. you know we want to talk about the the philosophy of God. Yeah. And, and for you, like the first step, it sounds like in that process was thinking about the, the existence of God before, before the Bible and all, all that other stuff as well. So yeah, that's, that's why I think we wanted to talk about on this podcast because it's so foundational. It, it really is. It's, you know, it's a lot of people think, well, the question of God is a religious question. You know, it's, it's for, it's for Christians or it's for Muslims or, but it's, and it is, it is, Clearly, but it's also it's also one of the great philosophical questions. I mean, the great philosophers, some of whom were believers and some who not weren't necessarily, wrestled with the question of God. Um, Aristotle, who was a pretty secular guy, um, thinks deeply about the question of God, mm. and, um, and 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 answers in the affirmative. He has a belief in an, an unmoved mover. Um, so uh, so it's it's a it's a it's a universal question, no doubt. Yeah. I think Grace had a really great question to follow up on this. Um, that would be great to ask here. I think you, you mentioned other faith, you mentioned Aristotle, you know, people who are not Christians who still think about this question of God, but um, how do you think you would define God? You know, because not everyone, you know, not everyone believes in the God, but even those who do believe in the God maybe don't define what they believe in in the same way. So how would you define who God is? Uh, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, so I think uh, people that people that read the Bible, you know, will, will think about uh, the, the way the Bible defines God. God is the, you know, He is the the Lord of Hosts. He is um, uh, He is the Father and the Son. He is the Alpha and Omega. Um, people that read the Quran are going to talk about, you know, that God is is the Greater and He is the All Gracious and All Merciful and 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 so those are those are kind of textual ways of thinking about God. Mm -hmm. um, Theologically, we tend to think of things like we use words like omnipotent and omniscient, you know, all powerful and all knowing, or we use words like uh, he is um, all sufficient, he is unchanging. That's that's I mean the, the Bible uses language like that, and I think so does the Quran, hmm. but um, but uh, that's more theological. But I, actually, my favorite way of defining God is is the way uh, Anselm does. Anselm was a medieval philosopher and theologian. Hmm. Uh, he's famous for the ontological argument. And he says, 
in in that argument that God is is that that than which nothing greater can be uh, conceived, that than which nothing greater can be understood. Uh, we don't usually talk like that in English. Um, yeah, it's 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 really good Latin. It's kind of uh, unusual English, but uh, but what he means is that God is that being that 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 we can't think of anything better, better hmm. or bigger. He is he is more lofty, more high than anything else. Um, that way of thinking has come to be called perfect being theology, in which we think of God as that which has all of the great uh, attributes, love and justice and knowledge and power and wisdom and eternity and all those things. And he has all of those into a complete um, degree. And I think that's a, a very good way of thinking about God. And and clearly, um, even if you don't believe, you still you can still grasp and understand what he's talking about. That this You can't imagine it in all of its details, You're, but right. you can... You can grasp the contours of what he's saying. That this is this is the kind of being we're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I'm glad we. I, I think that's so important to talk about because a lot of times we'll we'll start off by just saying God and assume everyone is thinking about the same thing. But I think nowadays, especially like God is imagined in so many different ways, and um, so mm-hmm. to kind of set that grounding. So. When you when you do apologetics, you know obviously there there are different approaches that people have taken, um, you know different schools of thought. Is there is there any one that you find um, kind of suits you and and the way that you want to approach it uh, the most? Yes. So um, uh, I, uh, I I identify with a kind of evidentialist approach to apologetics, mm-hmm. and what that means is that. Um, I, it's, it's a kind of, uh, inductive approach, um, in which, and, and it's also a sort of eclectic approach, uh, which allows me to, um, include, uh, information and thoughts and ideas from a broad range of, of disciplines. So the, uh, the, in, uh, the evidentialist approach says that there is, that there is evidence for God, um, in, in, you know, all throughout the world mm-hmm. and, uh, and reflections on God in all kinds of disciplines, and um, and it's all it's all uh, on the table. It's all it's all there. It's um, it's and you can um, consider it from every any perspective. You can begin with scientific thoughts about you know mm. about the evidences in the scientific world for God. You can yeah. begin philosophically with a philosophical argument. You could begin with um, a religious experience, an answer to prayer or a miracle. You could begin with the Bible. You could begin with um, history and the community of, of believers. Mm. You could, and, and, and so it's a kind of a, com- a cumulative case in which you take all of these arguments and thoughts and evidences and p- build them up um, to the point in which you say, it seems pretty clear that uh that that God exists. It's not a proof. It's not a de- deductive proof, mm-hmm. um, but it, uh, it it uses all of these things. And and the reason that I like that is for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, because I'm interested in all those areas, and so I enjoy seeing you know scientific evidence or historical evidence or philosophical evidence and and those sorts of things. Yeah. But it also means that uh, the conversation can begin where wherever somebody is so if if the person that i'm talking to is really interested in history all right we can talk we can talk historically or if they're interested in philosophy we can we can we can do philosophy Mm -hmm. uh 
and um, and so it's it's a it's a flexible, uh, very inclusive uh, sort of approach. Yeah, it, it, and is there is there any particular way that those different f- arguments from those different fields get stitched together, um, or is it kind of like a, a grab bag that you can pull out of? Yeah, I mean there are there are other approaches that like to like to uh, to struct one of what some people call the classical approach typically begins with a philosophical argument to establish the existence of God. Right. And then you move on to, to establish the Bible. And, and so, and I, and I think that, that that's fine. I think that that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but because we live in a world of people from all kinds of perspectives and ideas, you know, various ideas and worldviews and religions. Um, I like, I like the flexibility of not having, to begin in a specific place, and it, and you're right, it is a kind of a, a grab bag or a or a buffet. You yeah. know, you can mm-hmm. you can craft it however you would like to at the at the moment, and 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 the goal then is to see that that taken as a whole, mm. the evidence supports the idea of God. It's not a proof. Um, I don't think that we can prove the existence of God. Mm. Proof is a a very very high bar uh, epistemologically. Right. Right. Because when something's proved, uh, then 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 anybody who understands the conversation cannot fail to agree with the conclusion. Right. Yeah. But clearly, there are people that understand what's going on and don't believe that in a god. So I think there, the the idea of a proof is um, is is overreaching. But I'm I'm com- comfortable with with just trying to gather the knowledge because as as Christians. We believe in in faith anyway, right? We believe mm-hmm. that you 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 grasp God by faith, not not by proof, but you you believe, um, and so and so uh, a, a, an apologetic that considers God from this this kind of perspective um, opens the door wide open, yeah, for faith. Yeah, I I definitely appreciate the um, the flexibility because I think you know trying to trying to force someone who doesn't see an argument to, to be coerced by it is just not really a, a good, it just doesn't work. Right. And, right. Um, exactly. and especially today, I think people, the people that we meet are just everywhere, you know, that their, their obstacles to God may be like one of a hundred things. And, um, right. Yeah. And I think on the, the, what you said about proof, I definitely resonate with that as well. Um, I, I think my first exposure to apologetics was more in the presuppositional school with mm-hmm. um, John Frame and uh, Alvin mm-hmm. Feintinga. And I think I think what has lasted from what I learned from um, from those teachers is is this idea of, you know, like proof is hard and a lot of it depends on where we start, you know, our starting point. And um, Very much. if we if Very we much. start at a different place, then, then there's not a lot we can do with two people starting from different places to, um, to get them to see everything in the same way. Um, and so that kind of analysis, I think was really helpful and, um, kind of exposed how all of us are, are at different places in our lives based on our experience. All of us come in with different, um, assumptions and those need to be, you know, ministered to in, in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I really, I really appreciate that.
This has been a great discussion about apologetics and the search for truth. We'll continue the conversation with Dr. Timothy Yoda about different approaches and arguments in the Christian belief system. Join us for part two next month.